But I was able to, to, to see our churches that were there. And, uh, and we were making our way around. We've got three buildings and I wanted to see them. And so we were making our way around. There weren't anything fancy, just simple concrete structures. But they had a good tin roof. And, and I was happy. Because I've seen churches that are literally falling apart. You know, I've seen walls falling down. And I've seen red mud brick buildings that if they make it through another rainy season, it'll be by the grace of God. And so when I saw good solid structures, I thought, I come back, these buildings are still going to be here. Uh, it's a simple thing sometimes, you know. Yeah. Uh, we, were, we were making our way around, and, and before we made it to the second building, it began to rain. It's a very wet country that we're going to. I know some people think it never rains in Africa, but it does. Uh, the city we're going to be living in is about 13 feet of rain a year. So they have monsoon season. Uh, but but it began to rain, and we, we pulled up in front of the building, we hustled through, got inside, and we were just you know checking out the place, and Next thing you know, there were some people who began to trickle into that building. And at first you kind of wonder, are they just trying to get out of rain? What's going on? Uh, but I quickly found out it was members of that congregation. And they began to gather in that place, not because there was a service going on, but they got word that the missionary had come. And so they walked through the rain simply to come greet a complete stranger. And I tell you, you were humbled so many times. Especially we had that American mentality, you know, if the air's not right, if the heat's not right, sometimes... Yep. You know, we can get it all figured out, Pastor. We'll come back. Well, <laughs> but uh, but but I tell you, it, it gets you. And if that hadn't been enough, then the the pastor come up to me and said, missionary said they they want to give you a gift. And I was thinking they they don't have to give me anything. They just walk through the rain to come greet me. And he was like, no, it's it's how they are. They, they want to give you something. And, and so he pushed something in my hand, and I I looked down, and it was two five thousand guinea front bills. And you might think ten thousand in front on our currency it's about a dollar nine cents. But for them it was a sacrifice. Yes. Not because ten thousand is gonna buy very much, it, it won't buy you very much, but they don't have a lot, especially in a rural area like that. And, and so I understood that it was a sacrifice. And because of that it was it was more valuable than all the money that was in my pocket. And I didn't I didn't run out and buy a cup of coffee, but I kept those two bills and I, I put them in a, in a frame. Now we've got them on our reputation table. If you want to look at those, that's two bills that are in that frame that you see on our table. We'll we'll sell you the we'll sell you the coffee cups and the pictures, but those two bills in that frame aren't for sale. And I mean a lot to you, but they mean a lot to me. It, it reminds me of the the heart, the sacrifice, the love of those people that that God has called us to minister to. And, and so I, I, I wanted to share that with you more than more than any other testimony. You know, as missionaries, we can share lots of different testimonies and things we've been involved with. And, but more than anything, I, I want to share that because that's that's what it's about. It's yes. you know it, it it's the people, it's those that God has called us to minister to. And there's there's 12.4 million people in this nation, and so many of them are full of love and compassion and will go out of their way for their fellow man. They just need to hear about a Savior who went out of His way for them. And so that's 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 what God has called us to do. A lot of people they, they wonder, you know, why why would you leave America? Why would you leave, you know, friends and family? And it's it's because of that, amen. I'm gonna ask Mark if we're making her way. She's gonna share a little bit more with you. But I, I just wanted to leave that with you, kinda of let you know why why it is the missionaries go and, and minister because everybody deserves to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. We're so excited to be with you. Just to echo what my husband said, uh, we're thankful to be here. Thankful to share a little bit of 
West Africa with you. It sounds like you've had several of our friends by. We love the sportsmen and we love the Riddicks. And Gentry Riddick, which is a little boy, I don't know if you were able to meet him, but he is the cutest little thing. So we're so thankful to be with you and thankful for that connection that we're able to make. Um, he just told you about his first trip into Guinea, but I want to tell you about my first trip into that capital city of Conakry, which is where we're going to be living. We made the trip together in June of 2017, and as Ari mentioned, there was no church there, so there was nobody, people for us to go preach to, there was no church to go visit. We literally went on an exploratory mission. We needed to know what does a house cost, what does a car cost, what does electricity cost, what can we find here? I was on a mission to find some cheese. <laughs> because I really like cheese. And I couldn't find any. And so we just kept searching and searching. And I kept praying. And I was like, no, Lord. I don't need the best house. And I don't have to have the best car. But I need some cheese. <laughs> and I'm not picky. So cheddar, gouda, mozzarella, whatever you feel it to breathe, that's fine. I just need some. And so we had stumbled upon this random grocery store. We didn't even know it was there. It was kind of in what we would consider kind of like a little mall. And so it was even cool to find that. And so, of course, the first place I'm going when I get into the grocery store is the back where they keep the dairy. And the whole time I'm like, no, Lord, you turn water on, whatever's back there. Slip it around in the cheese. And as I rounded the corner, there was a whole aisle of cheese that they had imported. I don't know what miracle you need, but I know a God who's still in the miracle with your business, even if you just need a little bit of cheese, amen? But you, that just kind of gives you a little, it's a funny story, but it just kind of gives you an idea of what the kind of stuff we're looking for. We need to know what kind of washing powder do they have here. When we bring our container, what needs to be in it? That's the kind of stuff we were looking for. We were able to meet up with Emmanuel, though. And Emmanuel is a young man that um, he told you it's a two-day journey from where our churches are to where our capital city is. Emmanuel made that two-day journey to go to university in the capital city. And while he was there, he quickly realized, hey, there's no church here. So Emmanuel said, I'm going to do something about that. And he started Bible studies in his dorm room. We had met up with Emmanuel. We had spent time together. He had shown us around the city. He had taken us to the markets. We had prayed together. We just had a good time, and we had parted ways. We had about two days left, and we were going to spend that time in prayer, sightseeing, that kind of stuff. And my husband gets a phone call. And on the other end of the line is Brother Emmanuel. And he said, Missionary, I know that we've already spent a lot of time together, and I don't want to impose on you, but Princess is a young lady that's been coming to my Bible studies. And she sees truth, and she wants to be baptized. Is there any way you can baptize her before you leave? Well, you know what the missionary is going to say. Absolutely, bring her on. But we did have a few issues that were facing us. Number one, no church means no baptistry. Number two, Conakry is a city that borders the Atlantic Ocean. So it's a coastal city. The problem with that is that the, the beach there is very rocky and heavily polluted. If you know anything about third world countries, when I say heavily polluted, you probably have a decent idea of what that means. It was not safe to access that for a baptism. And number three, Guinea is 85% Islamic. Now there's no fear. They're not running around trying to hurt anybody. They're some of the sweetest and most loving people you and I will ever meet. But what that really means when I say that in a West African country is that means that three times, five times a day, you're going to hear the call to prayer reverberate around the entire city. 
And you're going to see the men in groups of hundreds walk to a mosque to pray to a God that doesn't see them, doesn't hear them, doesn't know them, and definitely doesn't love them. You're going to see people who don't have money or fame or power to fall back on, so they fall into the hope of a religion that offers them some kind of reward, maybe at the end of their life, if they follow this certain set of things that you might have to do, and good luck, you have a good shot. But it, it's all a lie from the enemy. And so when you see that kind of, it's a somberness that you feel, not a fear for your life, they're not trying to hurt you, but it's a somberness and it's a heaviness that you feel. And so in that kind of a, of a situation, we weren't really sure how open they were going to be to a Christian baptism. We are your first resident missionaries to this country, so we don't have anybody to call and say, hey, what did you do while you were here? We just kind of get to be the guinea pig to guinea and figure it out as we go. So my husband stepped out on faith, and he said, here's what we're going to do, Emmanuel. I want you to bring Princess down to our hotel Sunday morning, and we're going to have our baptism. So we spoke with the hotel owner and set it up that we were going to be able to baptize in the pool at our hotel. Our hotel room had a stand-up shower, and that just wasn't going to work out too well. So, <laughs> Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, they were all standing by the pool. Right beside the pool is an outdoor restaurant that was bustling with people. Every table was full. And on top of that, it was raining because it's a very wet city. And um, the, it, the restaurant was covered, so that wasn't hindering them. Uh, but our baptism was delayed a little, little bit. Finally, Princess arrived, and Logan sat down with her, made sure she, that she had a good understanding of Jesus' name, baptism, made sure she had followed repentance. And into the water they go, and a shaking missionary's wife is standing there looking at them and looking at the people. There had been a little girl that was swimming around in the water, and as soon as we started praying, Mama yanked the baby out the water. She did not know what was happening. <laughs> But I watched as the incredible began to take place in that in a situation that looked really impossible. And it didn't we might would have a good baptism and we would have a good little prayer and we would move on. But God said, No, I've come today to do the miraculous. And as they took Princess down in Jesus' name and they began to bring her back up, there was a liberty of the spirit that began to flow. And tears started to roll down Princess's face as she lifted her hands and began to speak in heavenly languages. The Spirit of God gave the utterance. It's the same liberty that you and I feel here today. Amen. And I watched as I turned that situation. We were standing there on faith. We didn't know who was going to accept what. We weren't really scared they were going to hurt us, but we just didn't know how they were going to handle it. And I watched as God began to move on people. We started walking back after she'd been praying for a few minutes. We decided that we should maybe go to our hotel room just so we would have a little more freedom to pray for the city. And as we were walking away, a man comes running after my husband and he said, Who are you? And Logan said, You know, we're missionaries, we're here. And gave him the whole spill of what we were doing. And he said, Please pray for me because I need something from God. And we later found out he was a Nigerian businessman that was staying at the hotel in business. When you are willing to step out on faith, you never know what God's going to do. When you let go of every, every expectation, every preconceived idea, what would happen in this service if we let go of every preconceived idea of what a Sunday afternoon service was supposed to be like? What would happen if you decided it didn't matter who was watching, who was looking, what was going to happen, what was going to take place, what thoughts might or might not be going through your head? What would happen if you stepped out of faith and said, God, I'm here and I'm ready for the miraculous in my life today. God, I don't want it to 
missionary service. This isn't just a normal time. This is when God is going to do something miraculous. And that's why we came.
share our burden. Amen? Yes. But for us to share it, you have to receive it. Right. If not, we just offer a burden. But if you'll receive it today, then we share in this thing. And it truly is the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. Amen. This is not just mine or her ministry. This is our ministry. All of us work together. Amen? Yes. 
Yeah. And we're seeing the kingdom of God go forward. It's it's wonderful to be in the church, you know, that realize it's more than four walls, it's more than building my kingdom, but it's about the kingdom of God. Right. 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 Yeah. We're gonna transition and get into the word of God this afternoon. You'll be making your way to Hosea, tenth chapter. Brand new year, brand new start, new new lease on life, if you will. Every year has its has its challenges, but it also has its its blessings and it's exciting seeing where where this year is going to take us. Amen. What's going to happen right here in this local assembly this coming year? You know, we don't even know. Can't even, we can't even see it, and, and God just begins to unfold it, amen, because it's Him that gives the increase. Yeah. Hosea 10th chapter, reading verse 12 says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon you. If you'll put your Bibles down, we're going to go to the Lord and pray. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We lift up your name, Lord. Reach down, Lord. Touch us tonight, Lord. Uh, touch us with strength and touch me. Anoint my, my lips of clay to speak your word, Lord. You speak what you have to speak. Help us to receive it, God. We love you, Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach for a short while. I'll try not to be lengthy or long-winded, but I do... I do want to preach a, a word. It's time for my breakthrough. It's time for my breakthrough. Sometimes we, we see the other people, you know, we see those down the road and we see our brothers and sisters sometimes and they it seems like they're 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 achieving that breakthrough. And sometimes we wonder where's my breakthrough? Well, it's time for us to get possessive of it and say it's time for my breakthrough. It's time for me to see the breakthrough that God has for me because I believe it. And I'm ready to see it, amen. And so we need to take possession of that today and say it's it's time for my breakthrough, yes. amen. Sometimes there are, there's times and seasons, you know, there, there's those dry spells. We all go through it. There's the ups and the downs, you know. There There is the spiritual dry season and the, the rainy season. And, and so it, sometimes you just have to wait, but, but that waiting can be over today. The waiting can be over today. The rains can come into your life today. You know, sometimes it seems like the, the prayers aren't getting any higher than the ceiling. Right. But it's time for our breakthrough, man. It's time for my breakthrough. I, I can I can say it possessing myself. It's time for my breakthrough. I, I want to see a breakthrough, amen. Yes. I want to see a breakthrough. It's a brand new year. It's 2019, 2018. It's, it's past. It's gone. It's, it's time for my breakthrough. It's time for the breakthrough this year, amen. In our scripture text, he said, he said to, to break up your fallow ground. It's time to break up the fallow ground. If we want a breakthrough, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm play on that key word that, that he said to break up your fallow ground. If you want a breakthrough, you need to break up the ground. Right. Right. We need to break up the fallow ground. He didn't say he was going to. He said break up your fallow ground. There, there comes a time we got to take possession of it. We got to, yeah. we got to put our hands to the plow. We got to get out in the field. We got to, we got to put some effort into it. Amen. But he said to break up your fallow ground. Now maybe you know what fallow ground is, but if you're like me, I had to go look it up. I, you know, some of you maybe maybe you know. 
I figured you probably like me. You, you got you're waiting right now. What's he gonna say? What is Silent Brown? I've heard of it. I've heard it preached. What is Silent Brown? Well, well, there's that that soil that that it's it's ready to be planted, but it's not it's not tilled up. It's not broken up yet. But it's it's fallow. It's ready. It's it, all the all the rocks are gone. All the weeds are gone because you see at the end of the year, at the end of the harvest, you'll see farmers that they'll go out and they'll they'll disc up the ground and and you kind of wonder why are they doing that? Why are they going through that 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 trouble? There, there's a winter coming. That, you know they're not about to plant, but they go out and they they till up, they disc up the all those those husks of the corn and all of this. You know and they disc it up and they put it under the ground. Well, that's to keep the weeds from growing, but also all those. Those, those husks and all that bad stuff, it, when it goes under and it begins to decompose, it becomes nutrients for the soul. Because He knows there's a harvest coming. Right. He knows when it's time for the harvest, when it's time for the planting, that, that I need that soil to be ready. And, and when that when that time comes, He goes out and He begins to break up that fallow ground. Right. You know, there wasn't any seed put in it, but He went ahead and He put some effort into that, that ground. And, and I believe God has done that in each and every one of us because you're here tonight. That, that lets me realize that you're fallow ground. You're, you're ground that's ready to be sown. You're ground that's ready for a harvest. It's, it's ready to be planted. You're not the ground that's out there that's got the rocks and, and it's got all the weeds still growing up in it. But, but we that are in the house of the Lord, we that come into the, the house and we're, we're, we're hearing the Word of God, we are that good soul. Right. You know, Jesus, he, he, he gave the parable of the, the sower that went out to sow and he began to talk about the different kinds of soul. Any of you, any of you remember that? You remember that parable? The, the sower went out and he began to sow and some of it fell on the wayside. It didn't even make it into the field. It fell on the wayside. It, it, it fell where, where it couldn't even grow. But there was some of the seed that fell on the stony ground. And it sprung up, but it didn't have any root. So when the sun came up, it withered because it didn't have any root. It was on the stony ground. And then there were some that fell among thorns. And when it grew up, the, the thorns grew up and it choked it so that it didn't produce. But there were some that fell on good ground and it, it produced 60 and, and, and 30, 60, and 90 fold, 100 fold. But it, it began to produce what it was supposed to produce. But that lets me know that that, that the seed that fell on the good ground, that's that, that fertile soil. That's the fallow soil because if it fell on the, the stony ground, then it hadn't been plowed, it hadn't been prepared. If it, if it fell on the thorns, then again, it wasn't the fallow ground because there were thorns there. It hadn't been made into fallow ground. But, but there's something about us that God prepares us and He makes us that we are fallow ground. We're ready to receive the seed. We're ready to receive a harvest. Amen? Yes. And so whenever we come in and we hear the Word of God and it, it goes into our heart, it begins to produce something in us and, and we begin to see the revival that God wants to see in our life. Yes. And we begin to see the revival that God wants to see in our community and in our, our families. Amen. It's because what's prepared in us. Yes. It's because of the foul ground that is in us. Amen. And so it's, it's time for us to break up the foul ground. And then our scripture text, he said, sow to yourselves in righteousness. He said, sow to yourselves in righteousness. It's important what kind of seed goes into our ground. Right. Amen. He said, sow to yourselves in righteousness. And I'm telling you, in this next year, if we want to see the revival that God wants to see in our life, then we've got to, to 
put the righteous deeds of God into our life, it, uh, it, what we put in, that's what we're going to get out. You know, there's a law of sowing and reaping that, that the, what you put in is what you get out. And so it's time for us to sow righteousness into our life. It's time for us to sow consecration and dedication. If, if we want to see the revival in our family, if we want to see the revival in our personal walk with God, then, then it's going to take us putting the good seed into our life. There's people that, that all, they, all they ever see is negativity and all they ever talk about is the negative. Well, it makes me wonder, what are you sowing? What are you putting in? Because there's a law of sowing and reaping. Right. And you get out what you put in. You're always going to get out what you put in. There, there's an old computer added. Garbage in, garbage out. Right. Right. And it makes me wonder if, if all you're ever seeing is the negative. Because you see, if you're positive, you can always see that silver line. If you're positive, you can always look at the good side of things. But if you're negative, all you're ever going to reap is negativity. We've got to be, we've got to be purpose of our mind that, that we're going to, to sow the good. We're going to sow righteousness. We've got to have the righteous deeds. It, it's got to be about our consecration and our dedication. It's got to be about the things of God. It's, it's not about me and what I can achieve, but, but it's about Jesus Christ. Amen. And when we sow the righteousness of God, we're going to reap. Amen. And he said, reap to yourself, reap in mercy. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Now, now you might be saying, you just said you reap what you sow. Because there is, there's a law of sowing and reaping. You don't, you don't put uh, uh, corn and you reap wheat. But you reap what you sow. But our scripture text, he said, sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. But you have to understand that that the plant that grows from the grain does not look like the grain. You don't plant a kernel of corn and there's a big kernel of corn pops up. But no, there's a plant that begins to grow. There's a stalk that grows and it produces the ears of corn. And, and that's why He said, sow to yourselves in righteousness. When we sow righteousness into our life, when we sow righteous deeds into our life, we reap the mercy of God. We reap the bounty of God. We reap the blessings of God. But it's because we first sow the righteousness of God into our life. It's not about my righteousness. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. Right. Right. No, we have His righteousness. When it's about Jesus Christ, amen. Yes. Jesus gave us the, the key to that in, in John 12, verse 23 and 24. It says, And Jesus answered them, answered them saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. So He's talking about Himself. And he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. He said that that, that grain of wheat, it, it's got to fall to the ground and it's got to die. But if it dies, it's going to bring forth much fruit. And, and he was talking about himself. So he equated himself as to the grain that has to be planted. And, and I'm telling you that when I, I talk about righteousness, I'm not talking about our righteousness. Because as I said, said, our righteousness is filthy rags, but it's His righteousness. And when we, when we have Him planted in our life, when we have a relationship with Him, then, then the mercy of God will begin to grow up in our life. And we'll begin to see the bounty of God. Amen? Amen. We'll see the things of God flourish in our life because God desires to plant Himself in our lives. Amen. Yes, He does. God desires a relationship with us. He desires for us to have His Spirit planted inside of us. You see, in the Garden of Eden, man had a relationship with his Creator like, like we've never had since then. Right. 
Man walked with, with God in the cool of the day. But because of his rebellion against God, he lost the relationship that he had with God. But I submit to you today that, that man was not the only one who lost something on that day. Right. But God Himself lost the relationship that He cherished with His chosen right. creation. Right. Yes. And that was something He was willing to go after. Something He was willing to pay the price to get back. It, it's been said until you find something worth dying for, you're not really living. Right. Well, God proved that point. God showed us there was something worth dying for and He, he laid His life down for us. He, he stepped off of His throne and glory, robed Himself in flesh and walked upon this earth. And He died in our place on Calvary so that He can have a relationship with us. Yes. So that His Spirit can be planted inside of us. That, that's what His Spirit is. Yes, yes. that's right. It's that grain that, that goes into the fallow ground. When we begin to break up our fallow ground, if you will, when we begin to repent of our sins, the things that have turned yes. us away from God, the things that have separated us yes. from our Creator, when we, when we turn from those things and we allow the ground to be broken up, you see, the seed can't get in until the ground is first broken up. You see, the water can't even get in until the ground is first broken up. As long as that ground is hard and smooth, the water it comes and it runs right off. That's why it's so important. That's why repentance is always the, the first act. We've got to repent before we can even be baptized in Jesus' name. Because the ground has to be broken up. But when the ground is broken up, the water can get in. It can begin to, to, to wash us clean and, and make us ready. Amen? Amen? And the seed can be planted into our life. His Spirit can be planted into our life because He desires a relationship with us. He, he wants to grow up inside us. He wants to, to bring revival into our homes, into our families. He, he wants to show us these things because He desires a relationship with us. He wants to take us further than we've ever been before. Show us greater deeds than we, we can even understand that we can even comprehend right now. God wants to take us somewhere. Amen. And so He, he showed us that, that it's His Spirit that He wants to put inside us. That, that He is that grain that, that falls to the ground. That He had to give up His life so that He could be planted into our lives. So that His Spirit could take up a bowl in our, our flesh. And He has given us something even greater than they had in the garden. Because in the garden, God walked with man in the cool of the day. But now God dwells within man. Then He walked with man. Now He dwells within man. Then He walked with man in the cool of the day. But now when you're filled with His Spirit, when you get up in the morning, He is with you. When you go to work, He is with you. When you come home from work, He is with you. When you go to bed at night, He is with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's a friend that's with you. No matter what you go through, no matter what you face, God is on your side. And God fights you. He, he desires a relationship with each and every one of us. God loves us. God cares for us. He cares for us. He, he cherishes us. He cherishes a relationship with us. And He, he desires to give us that breakthrough. Yes. Yes. But we've got to we've got to put our hand to the plow, right. man. Right. We've got to break up our foul ground. We've got to make sure there's nothing coming between me and my relationship with God. Yes. We gotta make sure that there's nothing that's trying to grow up in my life. It, it, sometimes we gotta go out and we gotta break up the fallow ground. We gotta till up the fallow ground because if we're not careful, them weeds are gonna try to start to grow. The the the, the, the negative things are trying to creep into our lives. And, and sometimes we gotta go back to an old-fashioned altar and say, God, remake me, restore me, renew me, God, make me over again. Create me a clean heart, oh God, renew me a right spirit. I gotta be 
thank you. I gotta break up the battleground because I want to see the revival that God has for me, amen. I want to see the revival that God has for me, but but I got to break up the fallow ground. I mean, I got I got to get out into the field. You know, there's a community all around us. There's people all around us that need to know what we need to need to know what we know. That's right. They need to have a relationship with the one that we have a relationship with. Amen. Amen. But for that to happen, we got to get out in the fields. We gotta begin to break up the fallow ground because there's fallow ground all around us, church. Yes. Yes. There's fallow ground all around us. God desires to pour His Spirit out in these last days, and and He He has chosen us to go out into the fields. That's right. To go out into the fields, whether that's across the ocean or whether that's across the street, whether that's across the aisle to the next cubicle at work. We we all we work in different fields, but we work for the same farmer. But it's time for us to break up the fallow ground, amen. We gotta get out on the field. We gotta begin to do the work of God so that we can see the revival that God has for us, amen. If you'll stand me tonight, God desires a relationship with us. But He has called us to break up the fallow ground. As I said, whether that's whether that's our, our personal walk with God, whether that's our our individual relationship with God that, that we need to know Him better and we need to see Him more clearly. Or whether that's our friends, our family, those around us, our community, our co-workers, our friends at school. We need to be a light and we need to be a witness. We need to begin to break up the fallow ground because there's, there's a harvest. There's seed that needs to be planted. There's a seed that needs to be planted. Maybe, maybe in our own life, maybe there's, there's areas in our life where where we see, we see the, the harvest coming in in some areas, but maybe there's that field. Maybe there's that field that's not producing anything because we haven't broken up the ground. Yeah. There's that area of our life we, we say, God, you can have this and you're in control of this, but there's, there's this other area in our life where we say, God, I, I got this. I, I can handle this, God. But God said, if you'll just, if you'll just break up that ground, I'll give you a harvest there. Tonight we need to make sure that every area of our life is, is ready for a harvest. It's ready for a revival. We need to examine ourselves sometimes and say, God, are you want me to run a bus route, God? Or are you want me to do outreach here? Lord, are you want me to be involved in the music ministry? Are you want me to be involved in, in reaching out to the homeless? Or, Lord, what do you want me to do? What area, God? What field is it that I need to work in? Yes. Sometimes we need to examine ourselves because there's fallow ground all around us and God said it's time to break up your fallow ground. Right. We need to sow yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Right. He said, till the Lord come right. and bring righteousness upon you. Because yes. you see, the end result is the same as the beginning. What, what was planted... It began to grow and it produced what it started with. Yes. The righteousness that begins to rain. Understand there's something about rain. Rain doesn't just fall on your house. Right, right. But rain falls on your neighbor's house. Yes. Rain falls all around you in your community. There's something about it. When you have a revival, when you have a personal revival, and I'm talking to somebody tonight, when you have a personal revival, you too many times we've been looking at our neighbor, we've been looking at somebody else's saying, God, get a hold of me. Lord, let the revival start in me because when the, when the rains begin to fall on my house, when the rains begin to fall on my house, my neighbor's going to get a blessing. My friends 
a blessing. My family is going to get a blessing. God, when you begin to rain in my house for the righteousness of God begins to rain on my land, it's not just going to stop with me, but it's going to touch all of those around me. Amen. These altars are open. If anybody would like to come and pray and just re-consecrate and rededicate, if you're looking for a breakthrough, amen, I know everybody won't be able to come, but if you'll just make yourself an altar, wherever you're at, wherever you'll be comfortable, if you'll just make yourself an altar and say, God, I want to I want to break up the pile of ground. God, I'm, I'm ready for a revival. God, I'm ready for a breakthrough, Lord Jesus. I, I'm ready to see the things I've never seen before, God. I've heard of uh, revivals, God, and I want that revival for my family. I, I want that revival, Lord Jesus. I want it in my community. I want it in my, my house, Lord. Every eye. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you would just begin to open up your heart tonight and begin to praise Him with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. God is wanting to do something in somebody's life tonight. He's wanting you to begin to break up the final ground. He said if you'll break up the ground, He'll give you the harvest. If you'll break up the ground, He'll give you the harvest. Amen. But it's up to us tonight to break up the power of ground. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, God wants to fill you with His Spirit tonight. And it's so simple. All you have to do is lift up your hands. Lift your face up to heaven. Close your eyes. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. And believe that He has forgiven you because the Bible says He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And then just begin to praise Him because He inhabits the praise of His people. When you begin to praise Him, you create an atmosphere that He can dwell in. He can live in that. So just begin to praise Him tonight with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Begin to praise Him. And He will come in. He will fill you with His Spirit tonight. He will fill you with His Spirit tonight.